Well, I guess you just have to be prepared to die. Well, what? Cell phones, pay attention. I tell you, you start counting five like a sucker. All right, welcome back to part two of my. 100 greatest bands of all time countdown uh last time we were at what 100 through 76 so now let's do 75 through 51 so starting with 75 steve miller band uh definitely one of the greatest bands to ever come from texas i'm pretty sure he's either from dallas or houston kind of one of those bands that like is you know the epitome of classic rock yet highly forgettable <laughs> so like whenever you listen to the steve miller band like you kind of forget that they have like 30 fucking banger songs like the joker take the money and run jet airliner um jungle love abracadabra like fly like an eagle um yet Steve Miller band could like walk into this or Steve Miller could walk into this room right now and I would have no fucking clue that it was him. Like I don't nobody knows what this son of a bitch looks like. <laughs> Let's see. 74 Super Tramp. Um I'm mean, not really a whole lot to say about Super Tramp. Just make they make fucking amazing music, but I mean kind of like a forgettable band, but still one of my favorites. 73 tad bit controversial so uh 73 guns and roses i know a lot of people fucking shit on guns and roses and rightfully so i mean there's something very douchey <laughs> about guns and roses especially axel rose's um you know blatant fucking racism uh just listen to one in a million you'll know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> but it's undeniable that Guns N' Roses, like, did do one good thing, which is fucking kill hair metal. Um, I mean, everybody puts that on, like, Nirvana. Like, Nirvana killed hair metal. Grunge killed hair metal. But not really. Because, I mean, those are two fucking highly separate genres that nobody, like, nobody who was listening to hair metal gave two shits about grunge. And vice versa. Like, nobody who was because grunge was already around like in the mid 80s with like the melvins and you know bands like that so and uh the pixies and stuff like that so by the time like hair metal took off which is like kind of the mid 80s as well like there was already this grunge scene so the idea that like nirvana came along and then everybody switched from hair metal to grunge <clears throat> is kind of ridiculous because even the bands who were making like hair metal music kept making fucking hair metal like it just fell off because that shit got burnt out but the reason it got burnt out is because of guns and roses so guns and roses came around like in that same scene that like which i think appetite for destruction came out in 87 which is still like one of the highest selling debut albums of all time so uh appetite for destruction comes out in like 87 which is kind of the 
it's like starting to taper off like the whole like hair metal scene like motley Crue's best albums are have pretty much already come out like all that shit poisons becoming like everything's just becoming like too fucking much and guns and roses comes along another band from la which is like the epicenter for hair metal and guns and roses like don't dress like that i mean yeah, they have like big hair but it was more like like um punkish big hair hard to explain like it's not like they weren't wearing like makeup and like high heels and like platform shoes like shit like that they were wearing like you know fucking jeans and leather jackets and studs like shit like that that to me is and then they bring in that whole scene of like the bands that they had kind of grown around with like um uh fucking jane's addiction faith no more uh red hot chili peppers um fucking who else like um yeah like all those like bands that ended up becoming huge in the 90s but were already still around like in the 80s like that kind of weird california la like metal so if you gotta at least fucking give it up for Guns N' Roses just for that, for getting rid of that bullshit hair metal. And Slash is a fucking amazing guitarist, regardless of what anyone says. So let's see. Number 72. Kind of piggybacking uh, to, you know, off of, like, the hair metal to another metal band that was pretty goddamn big in the 80s, Megadeth. Um... <sighs> It's very argued. So, you know, there's obviously like the big four. There's of Thrash. There's Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, Anthrax. In that order, really. Um, Megadeth is the only one that is underrated to me. I mean, Slayer is massive to people who listen to thrash metal. And that's where they belong. Like, they don't belong on fucking, like, BMW commercials. But Megadeth should be, like, closer to Metallica fame. Like, just, I mean, how fucking amazing their songs are. It, I mean, a lot of it has to do with Dave Mustaine's voice not really being, like, commercial. <laughs> like, like, James Hetfield can, like, sell his voice, like, better. Like, Dave Mustaine's voice is an acquired taste. But, God, Megadeth is such a fucking great band. And still like regardless of how good they are fucking all it took was like one little clip from a documentary to damn near ruin that band that fucking video <laughs> that metallica some kind of monster when Dave mustaine's crying about getting kicked out of metallica is still one of the funniest things ever when he's like crying to lars Ulrich, like i miss my little danish friend <laughs> you fucking bitch oh yeah yeah all right then 71 probably one of the weirdest like just all around weird people ever Frank Zappa well the band Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention Um, also a very underrated I mean like a lot of people know who Frank Zappa is but they know him more for like for his kids he's like the fucking the Caitlyn Jenner of rock (laughs) like people forget that like no he's fucking famous like like, he was famous way before he had kids with weird names. Like, what is it? Dweezil, Ahmet. Those are the two boys. What's the girls? Uh, Moon Unit and Diva Muffin. <laughs> like, that's what he's, like, famous for now, is being the weird dad who had 
kids who had weird names. Like kind of inventing that idea of like being in LA and giving your kids strange names like Apple and shit like that. But if you listen to Frank Zappa's music, it is impressive. Like and his guitar playing is amazing. He's he should be in the like top five greatest guitarists of all time. Like every time they do those countdowns, but he never is. Sometimes he's not even in the top one hundred, which to me is a fucking sin. Um, it's just again like the idea of not being able to be like commercially successful. I mean, Frank Zappa's albums are successful in a sense, but you know I don't think he had any like number one albums. Because he had, you know, songs like Muffin Man and Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. Um, yeah, Why Does It Hurt When I Pee? <laughs> but, like, it's and Like, whenever you listen to those songs, they're fucking amazing. Like, he's basically like the 70s version of Primus. And without Frank Zappa, there is no, like, bands like Primus who make just outrageously weird music. But still, people fucking love it. All right, number 70, my inner goth, uh, typo negative. <laughs> Man, I so I remember, like, I, I fucking love this band so much. Um, I, like, discovered them kind of late. Like, actually, really, I mean, I knew about them and I knew, like, some of their songs, but really didn't get into typo negative until really just, like, four or five years ago. Me and a friend were listening to them. And, like, one night we were, like, hammered drunk and just kept listening to, <laughs> to typo negative which is like kind of suspect but whatever and we were just like goddamn watching like live videos and just seeing like how fucking amazing like peter Steele is like as a front man and as a singer just fucking incredible and i remember we were like god we gotta go because like we you know went to like some concerts together and shit and i was like man we gotta go see typo negative like, we have to go see them. And I was like, yeah, let me look up, like, you know, if they're ever going to be around here anytime soon. <laughs> and that's when I found out that Peter Steele died, like, 10 years ago. <laughs> and I was fucking heartbroken. Like, I've never, like, I mean, I do get sad when celebrities die, which is, you know, kind of embarrassing. But, like, <laughs> I've never had a 10-year delay on my, <laughs> on my like, uh, you know, depression from a celebrity dying. Like, that fucker died in, like, yeah, I think it was, like, seven to ten years ago, somewhere around there, and I had no idea. And so I was like, damn, they haven't, like, been on tour in a long time. And I was like, well, what the fuck happened? Like, did they break up or something? I was like, oh, he fucking died. Like, oh, damn. But Typo Negative songs are amazing. Um, Especially if you're into, like, goth shit. All right, number 69 uh basically like tool 2.0 uh incubus i mean i guess really not tool 2.0 incubus is a great band but yeah incubus is like one of like on that little like ass end of like when rock music was good like i sort of like i remember watching their videos on they're one of the few rock bands that would be on trl constantly it was like a good band, not like fucking some 41 or some bullshit like that, or like all American rejects, but like a band that actually was a really good band that you could see consistently on like pop countdowns, like TRL countdowns, like drive the music video for drive. I remember used to play on TRL every fucking day. All right. Number 68, 
uh, my mom's favorite band and really everybody's mom's favorite band journey <laughs> oh man journey is a hard band to put on here because they just get made fun of so easily but when you go back and listen to them journey has fucking amazing music and steve perry is one of the greatest singers of all time like i know i say that about damn near every band but steve perry and then you know whatever they have that little like filipino dude net or have at him for a long ass time that shit's not the same and they shouldn't even be able to call it journey like if the singer is not in the band anymore it's a it may as well be a fucking cover band like i don't give a shit if neil Schoen and the fucking drummer are still in the band who gives a shit like anybody can play the drums like the drummer anybody can play the guitar like neil Schoen. like what makes journey sound like journey is steve perry so the fact that you get some like fucking filipino karaoke singer that sounds pretty much like him that shit's not journey and queen did the same bullshit with adam lambert but anyways 68 journey number 67 also my inner goth coming out again depeche mode um yeah depeche mode's kind of a polarizing band because most people either fucking hate or really not even just them this whole fucking genre of like 80s new wave um which i i love it like i know it's not like you know whatever like I'm trying to think. It's some shit that, like, Henry Rollins would not be a fan of. <laughs> like, like I'm sure Tom Petty was not a fucking Depeche Mode fan. But I'm also not a Tom Petty fan, which is why, spoiler alert, he is not on this fucking list. But, oh, man, Depeche Mode's music is amazing. And, yeah, like, if you grew up feeling like a little, like, goth kid, Depeche Mode is, like, the Jesus Christ of of goth music all right so number 66 i mean it's a band but it may as well just be tom schultz uh boston so if anybody is like unfamiliar with like how boston records their music um they don't <laughs> it's basically tom schultz who was like an mit graduate um who's like still living in his mom's basement basically invented like all this equipment uh, for recording, um, like back in, you know, like the fucking mid seventies, 74, 73, something like that. And would record guitar, drums, bass, and keys and write the lyrics and do the singing so that he would have the whole songs laid out. And then they would just bring in Brad Delt, the singer to come in and like actually sing it. So, I mean, there's a few bands that have done like similar things to that, like the who Pete Townsend pretty much wrote every instrument then but then the band members would come in and like overlay it like play it like replay it but tom schultz like basically did everything and then would have brad delp come in and uh record the vocals but yeah boston another like if you have a classic rock station in your area that band is going to be on at least 10 times a day most and eight of those will be more than a feeling. <laughs> All right, sixty-five, the uh, second biggest band from Germany, um, Scorpions. Uh, another band that's like kind of lump, they're lumped into like hair metal for some reason. Well, I mean because they were huge in the eighties, and pretty much if you're a rock band in the eighties, you're considered hair metal. But 
yeah, the scorpions have been around since like the mid sixties and people don't really realize that, but it's because they grew up in Germany. And at the time there's East and West Germany. And so really until like the, the, well, not, I mean, it was before the fall of the Berlin wall, but like, you know, right around the eighties, like that's when Germany, like their pop culture started like getting more mainstream. Um, but yeah, I mean, scorpions have been around forever and still sound amazing. And their songs are incredible. All right, number 64, Stone Temple Pilots. Just like another band that gets lumped, you know, like how the scorpions get lumped in as being like hair metal. Stone Temple Pilots just get lumped in as being like, you know, another like Pearl Jam or Nirvana. Some temple pilots to me are closer to like Alice in Chains. Like as far as if you, if you listen to, like the lyrics, like Scott Weiland's lyrics are super fucking heavy, <laughs> and all about drugs. They're like about drugs or finding like dead people, which is pretty much what all Alice in Chains songs are about. Uh, yeah, Some Temple Pilots is an incredible band, and Scott Weiland is like the '90s David Bowie. Like, in a weird way. I mean, if you just look up, like, videos of Stone Temple Pilots throughout the 90s, Scott Weiland looks different in every video and in every live performance, which is very much like David Bowie's whole career is every year he looks different. <laughs> and and Scott Weiland was like, every video I'm going to look different. All right, so number 63 the doobie brothers <laughs> like uh, yeah like everybody's drunk uncle at the lake that's their favorite band the fucking doobie brothers which is a god the doobie brothers are amazing but really like to me better like in their little like you know every or not every band but a lot of bands have like a second iteration and usually that one's you know nobody really gives a shit about it like van halen has you know van hagar and then there's the Doobie Brothers, which I actually like the second iteration more with Michael McDonald. Um, yeah, I think Michael McDonald has one of the most interesting voices. Like, okay, we're good. Like that. <laughs> yeah, Doobie, the Doobie Brothers are good. It definitely makes you want to like drink a margarita and smoke a J. I mean, not me, because I don't do any of that, but still. Number 62, The Police. Uh, I think, let's see, how many three pieces have been on here? Yeah, not a lot. So this is, I think, like one of the first like three-piece bands I've had on the list. Um, yeah, The Police are amazing. I mean, Sting, Stuart Copeland, and Andy Summers. Uh, definitely a three-piece that sounds like a three-piece. I mean, the music's not exactly the most complicated shit, but... Um, also just like they're the like spinal tap fucking cliche of band members who ended up hating each other. <laughs> well, really it's more that, um, a two against one, like everybody in that band, they will, the other two hate stings fucking guts. Um, from all accounts that I've ever heard, sting is a bit of a dick, but Regardless, made amazing music. Number 61, God himself, Ronnie James Dio. Um, yeah, I mean, Dio is 
the greatest metal singer of all time. There's no fucking comparison. I mean, you can. I mean, I, you could put Bruce Dickinson, Rob Halford, um, Jeff Tate. Like, there's a lot of people you could put up there too. But fucking Dio is the god, and he also invented like the devil horns, which is the most metal thing there is. Like, when a genre of music has a fucking hand gesture. <laughs> then like like everybody knows that that sign the fucking devil horns and the only reason they know it is because of ronnie james dio because I, th- I think it's like an old italian thing of like it's called like the the moloch or moloch um it means like to give someone like the evil eye so ronnie james dio according to according to him said his grandmother and his mother used to do it where like if they saw somebody who they thought was kind of weird, seemed a little dark, they would throw up like the devil horns and be like, oh, that person's evil. And so Ronnie James Dio took it and, yeah, turned it into the symbol for metal. All right, number 60, the most opposite person on the planet from Ronnie James Dio, Phil Collins. <laughs> Damn, it's hard to transition from... Uh, Dio to Phil Collins, but God, man, Phil Collins, poor bastard. If everybody hasn't been keeping up in the uh, news, Phil Collins is getting fucked by his ex-wife. Um, like you can buy like his gold albums on like eBay because of her. Like she's, she's like, okay, one, he has MS and can like, I don't even think he can walk anymore. I know like he was touring still, but like sitting and walking out with those fucking, um, you know, those little arm crutches. And, yeah, and then he would, like, sit down and still sound amazing. Like, Phil Collins has the most unique voice ever. I mean, obviously, it's it's very similar to Peter Gabriel, hence the reason why he uh, became the singer for Genesis after they, uh, you know, usurped uh, Peter Gabriel. But, yeah, anyway, so his so he's got MS. He's all fucked up. And his ex-wife, who is this bitch, you know, filed for divorce and is taking everything from him. Like, taking his house, his cars, and then, like, taking his gold records and, like, fucking auctioning them on, like, eBay. It's like, you cunt. Like, that is the most shitty thing I've ever heard in my life. And Phil Collins is a, oh, man, poor bastard. But Phil Collins, like... I have a soft spot in my heart for uh, Disney soundtracks <laughs> and the Tarzan soundtrack is yeah like second greatest Disney soundtrack I mean Lion King has to be number one but Tarzan is right there with it and so Phil Collins voice is like one of those voices that just reminds me of like childhood because of Tarzan and then his songs are amazing like whether it's Genesis or um Solo Phil Collins. I mean, Solo Phil Collins is equally impressive. All right, number 59, Deep Purple. Uh, Yeah, Deep Purple is an interesting one just because of, like, again, the whole second iteration. They've had, like, three iterations. So there was, like, the Deep Purple, the original, the Ian Gillan, I think, was the singer. Yeah, and then they switched and became, like, David Coverdale, um, Deep Purple. And was, like, just as famous, but still not the same. Like, the Ian Gallon, like, Highway Star, Smoke on the Water, Hush. Um, 
what's the album where they're it's like Mount Rushmore. Fuck, I can't remember. But anyways, like that's that's one of the greatest. I mean, I consider Deep Purple metal, even though I guess a lot of people don't. But Deep Purple's just as metal as like Black Sabbath. And if you're gonna consider Led Zeppelin metal, then you damn sure have to consider Deep Purple as a metal band. But um, yeah, and and one of the greatest, like, so the way that they blend, like that Rhodes organ. I think it's a Rhodes organ. Anyways, with um, Richie Blackmore's guitar is like such a unique sound. And it's it's a classic Deep Purple sound. Like, and now I think Richie Blackmore does like fucking Renaissance festivals now. Like he pretty much, like he made Rainbow after Deep Purple with uh, Ronnie James Dio. And then just disappeared and people were like, why the fuck is Richie Blackmore? Because he's always considered like one of the greatest guitarists of all time. So like people were like, hey, is he ever gonna, you know, like reunite with Deep Purple? Like what is he doing? And turns out the fucker like started a like a medieval like loot band and does like Renaissance festivals, which you know, that's his thing, I guess. Hmm. All right, number fifty-eight, another badass three-piece, Cream. Um, which is Ian Bruce, Ginger Baker, and old slow hand himself, Eric Clapton. Which, Cream is a million times better than any of Eric Clapton's bullshit, like, solo stuff. Like, I, I am really not a big Eric Clapton fan, like, solo, but Cream is amazing. And to have been a band for two years... (laughs) <laughs> and to be like that influential is amazing. Like the, I mean, I think they put out three albums or yeah, three albums in two years. was like Disraeli gear, uh, Disraeli gears. Fuck. I can't remember the other ones, but I, yeah, I think they did three albums in two years and yeah, I've had this like long lasting impact on, on rock music. And I mean, you can listen to their songs. Like, it's also one of the few bands that have two lead singers, which I always love whenever a band has two lead singers, like Mouse Rat. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like Ian Bruce and Eric Clapton's voices, like, together are really amazing. Like, um, like Allison Chase, I mean, Allison Chase doesn't have two lead singers, but Jerry Cantrell may as well be a lead singer also. But, and let's see, number 57. The Cars, R.R.I.P. Rick Ocasek, the luckiest son of a bitch of all time, to be easily the ugliest rock star ever, and was married to this fucking dime uh, supermodel. I always forget her name. Oksana? Oksana something? No, 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 wait. I think that's the chick Mel Gibson called the N-word or something. Um... (laughs) Fuck, I cannot remember her name. Damn. Anyways, like... They were married for, like, I don't know, like, 35 years. And then I think she ended up, like, cheating on him, like, a couple years before he died. I think that's what happened. Anyway, I know they got divorced a couple years before he died. But they were married for, like, 35 years, which is strictly, like, a sympathy fuck that turned into a, you know, three-and-a-half-decade marriage. Because Rick Ocasek looks like a fucking, like a... Like if Billy Ray Cyrus had AIDS and was slowly turning into an earthworm. <laughs> like that is what Rick Ocasek looked like. And he's married to 
the like at the time the most beautiful woman on the planet. But then why Rick Ocasek is my hero is not just that that so they're married for thirty five years, have like kids together and all kinds of shit. Um, and you know they like split up a couple years before he dies. In his will, <laughs> he leaves her zero dollars. Like this dude's a fucking multi-millionaire rock star. And, you know, it was married drastically out of his league. And yeah, just completely left her out. <laughs> Dude, Rick Ocasek is the shit. But also the Cars music is uh, pretty good too. So number 56, the Ramones. Yeah, another fucking legend. Like legendary group. Um, what's the original? Is Joey... Joey, Johnny, Tommy, Dee Dee. I think that's what it is. Like the goddamn new kids on the block. Anyways, like the Ramones are just such a cool. I, I like it when bands all like the members all look alike. <laughs> like the Ramones definitely had some of that like Beatles style to it. Like, a, you know, I mean, really, they kind of copied the Beatles haircuts a little bit, especially Johnny Ramone and Dee Dee Ramone. They had those like, well, they're called them like mop tops, I think, back then. But like, yeah, that like old school like long like chili bowl uh like cousin oliver from brady bunch (laughs) um but yeah and then you know the matching like skinny jeans like ripped skinny jeans and leather jackets like their moons are just cool as shit their music is a lot like fucking uh the beach boys and nobody ever knows what i'm talking about whenever i say that but if you listen to the ramones it's just the Beach Boys with, like, distorted guitars. I mean, not just, like, it's way bit fucking better than the Beach Boys, but still, the Ramones, legendary, and they all died within, like, a couple months of each other, which is pretty sad, but speaking of, <laughs> damn, what a segue. Number 55, Leonard Skinner. Um, yeah, every fucking, they're the, like, the Dale Earnhardt of rock music. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody that lives in a single wide has two posters in that single wide. One is of the Intimidator, Dale Earnhardt. Two, fucking some poster with Ronnie Van Zant with like, you know, like uh, like one of those like hand drawn fucking posters, like airbrushed of Ronnie Van Zant, and it has like you know his birth year and death year, like. <laughs> Ronnie Van Zandt is the rock star Dale Earnhardt but rightfully so Leonard Skinner's badass and they were like one of the few bands that were as they say about that action like they fucking recorded in a well they called it the swamp there was literally just a wooden shack in or they did not record there so they practiced but like it was a wooden shack in the middle of the goddamn swamp in Gainesville Florida like no wonder they look the way they look like oh god i mean one if if you've been to gainesville florida you know the place sucks ass they have mosquitoes the size of goddamn hummingbirds (laughs) and these sons of bitches there's like 12 of them piled into like a wooden outhouse in the middle of the goddamn swamp fuck that but shit leonard skinner does I mean, I know people shit on them because of, like, you know, their redneck sensibilities, but fuck you, Leonard Skinner's great. Number 54, 
the, uh, well, I don't know if I will say he's the greatest Beatle, but definitely the most prolific Beatle, John Lennon. Damn, John Lennon. Uh, one of the people that, if he were alive today, would be canceled hard. <laughs> <laughs> like if you don't know shit about John Lennon, just just read about like what he was like outside of you know of being Mister Peace and Love. Like John Lennon was an asshole. I mean, one abandoned his first wife and kid because he just didn't want shit to do with them, and then got with Yoko Ono, who is, in my opinion, the fucking Antichrist. And has a kid with her, stays with them, but proceeds to, like, beat the shit out of both of them. And, like, leaves them for a while, like, just to go get drunk with Elton John and Alice Cooper, which is weird as shit. Um, Yeah, and then gets killed by Mark David Chapman hours after signing an autograph for him. Which you can actually see the picture of him signing Mark David Chapman's autograph, which is actually really fucking sad, but... It's what's sadder is that I think he was shot like seven times. Yoko Ono is standing right next to him and not one fucking bullet hits her. (laughs) Oh man. Well, but if you, so like John Lennon, I mean, just had a shit life. Like his, he found out that his mom, so like he grew up with his, his aunt who he thought, hold on, I'm going to fucking butcher this. He grew up with his aunt who I think ended up actually being his grandmother. Am I wrong about this? No, 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 no. He grew up with his grandmother thinking that his grandmother was his mom. And his real mom, he thought, was his sister. And she was just always gone and, like, was, like, a party animal and, like, always was just a random guy, like... Um, John Lennon's dad, John Lennon never knew his dad. Um, so then, you know, he's living with his grandmother who is actually his, who he thinks is his mom and she's a complete bitch. And then one day finally tells him, Hey, your sister's actually your mom. We just had to pretend that she wasn't because she was like really young whenever she had you blah, blah, blah. So we just pretended that she's your sister. She's actually your mom. And he had never even really met her that much. Like he had known her just a few times. And so then he decides to like reach out to her and he's like, all right, I'm going to, you know, establish a relationship with my mom. And they meet like a couple of times as mother and son. And then one night she is out, you know, doing whatever and I think she's being like hit on by this guy and she doesn't really, she's not interested. And the guy ends up being like an undercover cop. Well, he runs her down in his car and runs over her and kills her. It's like fucking shit. And this is like, you know, a couple of weeks after he finds out that that's his mom. So John Lennon definitely had a shit life. And it, uh, okay. So if you actually want to, what anyone should do, I mean, you're going to cry like a fucking baby, but listen to the song, his song mother. And it's like three parts. And the three parts are about not knowing who his dad is. Then the second verse is about his mom. Then the third verse is about his kids and how he's like a sh- how he's a shit dad. Whew. That song is fucking intense. But yeah, number 54, John Lennon. And let's see, number 53, 
Mr. Peter Gabriel, the original lead singer for Genesis. Um, but yeah, who also had an amazing solo career. Like, I would say, as much as I am a Phil Collins fan, a better solo career than Phil Collins, by far. Um, which is why he's higher up on the list. But, um, yeah, I mean, also a bit of irony, like, Phil Collins, so in Germany, Phil Collins is the high, is like the highest selling non-German artist, <laughs> which is odd to me, but yeah. So Peter Gabriel decides to like make, cause they fucking, I guess because they fucking hate each other so much decides to read like as he's making solo albums, making German language versions of them and still doesn't beat Phil Collins in record sales. <laughs> <laughs> ah, which is kind of shitty, but oh well, that's what you get for pandering. But yeah, I mean, Peter Gabriel's music is very interesting. Like it's it's very pop friendly. Like Sledgehammer. So the video to um, Sledgehammer is the most played video in MTV history. Um, which everybody should watch it if you haven't seen it. It's like stop motion, claymation, like all that shit. It's an amazing video. But yeah, the most played video. Uh, on MTV history, but his solo music. So even though there is like, you know, there's the song from say anything and in, in your eyes, um, shock the monkey. Like there's like, you know, those fucking like typical pop sounding songs. But when you dig into his solo music, Jesus, there is some weird shit in there. <laughs> like Peter Gabriel's music, other than those like pop songs are all about like being a serial killer, trying to like hunt someone down. <laughs> I guess songs are super fucking creepy. But yeah, let's see. Number 52. Another fucking weird band speaking of. Faith No More. Uh, as I... Which, this is not an original thought, but... So I was, like, reading some shit about Faith No More and watching, like, videos of them. <laughs> and one of the comments on, like, one of the videos was, uh, Mike Patton is my favorite instrument. <laughs> Which, if you know anything about Faith No More, there is no truer statement. Um, yeah, Faith No More is an incredible band. And, my, and Mike Patton is really, like, an underrated musician. Well, not I mean, singer. Like, the shit that he can do with his voice is insane. Like, there's nobody that even comes close to, like, that level of... Like from high, like his, like he can hit what's it called, like middle C or whatever it is, the one that's like crazy high pitch, like a whistle. They call it like a whistle registry, but he can hit that. And then he also can sing with this like super deep voice and just do wild shit. But Faith No More is incredible and has, I think, one of the greatest cover songs of all. Like their cover of Easy by the Commodores is one of the greatest cover songs ever. All right. So let's end this episode on a, on a high note. Oh God, I'm going to get shit on like crazy for this one. Number 51 fucking Creed. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not even like fucking around. That really is like the middle of my list is fucking Creed. And you know what? I wasn't even going to put them on the list because of, so many people hate Creed. You know what? Fuck all of you. Creed is one of the highest selling bands of all time. 
those two, especially those two albums, Weathered and Human Clay, are two of the highest selling albums of the you know like late nineties, early two thousands. Yet no one acts like they ever listened to them. Bullshit. Like they sold millions of copies. Where are those millions of people? Because nobody will admit that they listen to Creed except me. It seems like. Like, I, but I know I'm not the only one because you don't get fucking platinum albums unless a bunch of people listen to you. And people can say whatever they want about Scott Stapp. Scott Stapp's a, Scott Stapp's a dick. Scott Stapp is an alcoholic. I don't care. I don't care if he sounds like Eddie Vedder. I don't care if he's ripping off Jim Morrison. Whatever. Creed's music is good. And the only people who don't like it are people who have forced themselves not to like it. Because it is unnatural to not be a Creed fan. So I don't give a shit if people like, oh, Creed sucks. No, you suck. <laughs> you are pretending to be pretentious and to feel like you know shit about music, but you really don't. Because if you did know shit about music, you know Creed is an amazing band. Scott Stapp is a good singer. Mark Tremonti is an amazing guitarist. And yeah, that's all I have to say about that. End of episode two. Next time. We'll have uh, 50 through 26. Yep. Boom. Well, I guess you just have to be prepared to die. Well, what? Pay attention. Get off your cell phones. Pay attention. Stop counting fire like a sucker.